Blog Talk Radio. Don't misunderstand. We are only strangers on our way to someone else, to some place that we forgot. Don't mistake my smile, it just means I'm lonely. So love me till this day happens And then forget We met Hi, I'm Diane Marino Jazz vocalist, pianist, and arranger Do you love a little jazz in your coffee? Tune in each week to Coffee Talk Jazz Radio Los Angeles With host Ms. Bridget Lewis Each guest brings intense passion to their music. You'll hear seasoned pros and indie artists in the mix, and you'll enjoy a buffet of genres. Listen in. You'll hear bebop, fusion, urban contemporary, classic, Brazilian, and Latin flavors, with plenty of big band sounds. The show's call-in number is 1-347-934-0100. Pick up my current project from the heart. It's available at all national retailers. Visit my website at www.dianemarino.com and stop by the official Coffee Talk site at www.coffeetalkjazzradio.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to an evening edition of Coffee Talk Jazz Radio. Today is Tuesday, December 6, 2011. I'm so glad you're here. We have a great show planned for you this evening. The Musician's Corner is coming up, and what's happening now is just around the bend. And yes, we do have many gift giveaways today. And we're kicking off this Coffee Talk Jazz party with my signature Jamocha Fudge Coffee. So come on in and pull up a chair and let's get cozy. I know you want to share a bit of Coffee Talk. I'd like to thank Miss Diane Moreno for such a warm introduction. Thanks, Diane. If you're a first-time listener and new to Coffee Talk Jazz Radio, I'd like to welcome you. Our show's call-in number is 1-347-934-0108. I'd also like to welcome the jazz musicians, educators, supporters, promoters, the Facebook family, the jazz network, the music community, and friends and fans from around the globe. Now, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Her music is high energy with a multicultural influence. 
and she gives up exciting improvisations where she blends in a couple of different sights and sounds of jazz. I'd like to welcome the newest member to the Coffee Talk Jazz family and friend to the show, jazz vocalist, voiceover artist, and producer, and she has so many awards, I can't even name them all, so she's going to tell them. She's going to tell us about them. I'd like to welcome to the show Miss Shirley Crabb. Hello, Shirley. Hello. How are you doing? It's great I'm to be good. here. I'm good. How are you? Great. Absolutely great. Good. About, awesome. Uh, about 60 degrees when it should be 35, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very happy. <laughs> good. Well, God, 60 degrees... Um, our listeners, um, Shirley is actually in New York, so 60 degrees in New York, that's like 80 degrees, actually. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so, so excited um, that you're here with us. And um, just share with us a little bit about your musical life. It's rich and it's beautiful. And catch us, catch us up on your latest project. It is entitled Home. It's so exciting, you guys. So Shirley's going to tell us a little bit about her project, and then we're going to move forward, and I have a lot of questions for her. And we're going to play as many tracks as we can squeeze in for the next hour uh, and uh, 45 minutes. Okay? <laughs> Great. Um, wow. I don't even know where I should start. <laughs> I could go back pretty far. Um, oh, hey, um... Well, you know, I, I think I had a pretty much uh, – Becoming a musician was kind of more of like a, a shock to me. I don't think that I, I really expected that I would have, have ever, you know, become a singer. I just, music and performing is so much a part of my life growing up, you know, hanging out with my sister and doing our little shows in the, you know, the front um, the front part of the house, writing songs about our parents and, you know, stuff like that. So when you ask me about my journey, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because it can go back pretty far. Okay, but I did um, I pretty much did the the general route, you know, I uh when I was uh in high school, uh I guess I would say I literally got discovered by the the local music teacher who encouraged me to sing and um and so then I went to uh, I followed that I was actually going to become an opera singer. And I uh, went over to school in in Evanston in uh Illinois. And with all the plans of being an opera singer, and after graduating, I even was thinking I'm still going to be an opera singer. Although while I was at Northwestern, I kind of had a little bit of, I got to sing with the jazz, they had a vocal jazz group, and a, a workshop that I took. And I was interested in it, but I really wasn't thinking about singing jazz. I really was thinking about singing opera. But as soon as I got to New York and was a student at Manhattan School of Music, I started, I guess, living a double life. I would practice and you know do my opera during the day and then at night I would go down to Greenwich Village and go to you know take workshops and learn all about singing jazz and got a chance to um play with some uh wonderful musicians down there and that kind of eventually led to you know my new project which is a very long time in waiting and that's my debut CD Home that you spoke so nicely about, and um, that's just been an incredible journey. Okay, um, awesome. Well, your life is—it's uh, rich, it's beautiful, and it's full. And I'm really going to dig in so we can really share with our fans, you know, just so much about your background. And 
you know, looking at your beautiful CD and listening to the music, um, of course it was very difficult to pick a favorite um, out of the <laughs> nine <laughs> out of the nine tracks. And there are some cover tunes that are on here. There's some original um, songs that are on here um, as well. So I know you mentioned that you, know, you really followed your passion and your heart and you pursued your dream because you attended, uh, you earned your Bachelor of Music from Northwestern um, University. And then from there, um, you went back home, and then which was New York, and you went to the very distinguished uh, school in Manhattan, which is known as the MSN School. But your, um, you had a real serious uh, influence, and that was Ella Fitzgerald. Um, and, of course, we all know Ella, who was the most popular female jazz singer mm-hmm. in the U.S. for more than half a century, um, winning 13 Grammy Awards and selling over 40 million albums. I mean, wow, that's Talk about shoes to fill, and not that anybody could ever do that, but just to aspire. I mean, to hear her influence. Um, most of the jazz vocalists that I speak with, whether male or female, I mean, she has touched the hearts of so many people just mm-hmm. with her, with her style and her passion, you know, um, you know, for music. So, uh, my next question for you. Um, you said that you wanted to be an opera singer, mm-hmm. and you recently came out with this project, Home, but you didn't just start singing because when I heard it, I'm like, oh, my God, like, where has she been? Like, because, you know, I heard about you, you were like one of the most requested jazz vocalists like over the past couple months. It was something you and I talked about, you mm-hmm. know, so um, tell us why you just, you're just coming out with the debut project because you've been singing forever, well, I hope it's not forever. <laughs> that would make me sound while. really old. Um, no. But it's been a long time. Well, you know, I actually, after I got out of um, graduate school, about a year after, I um, I damaged my vocal cords from some really unwise singing an unwise week you know i had a gig i sang i was singing at church i was teaching little kids which meant that i was you know not singing in the best with the best um vocal technique and so i actually hemorrhaged my vocal cord and oh wow and lost uh well you know it healed pretty quickly but then over the course of about 10 years it just became the bane of my existence and became a huge problem and it got to the point where I could not even I couldn't even sustain any tone for any length of time and ha- went through a whole level of soul searching and just trying to figure out who I was if I was really a singer anymore because that relied so much on my voice and the 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 sound of my voice and not on what I had to say and so it was very life-changing experience and then about 5 I guess it's 5 years 2006, um, I had surgery, and uh, I was one of, I was the sixth person that my doctor had ever done this procedure with. It was a laser surgery where they zapped the uh, the veins that were had become varicose, and um, it was like a miracle. It was like a complete miracle. I mean, I had prayed for all those 10 years and cried and mm-hmm. asked God to show me what, you know, what my path was supposed to be and so after i had the surgery and i um took the two weeks to recover when i opened my mouth to sing it was like i had never ever had a problem 
So it was a truly a miracle. And so those, the reason why it took me so long to get my debut out was because okay. I was in the in the uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I was in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> I was there looking for the way out. I was you know not able to get there. And so after that, after I you know was healed, for the lack of a better term. Um, I uh, decided, made a decision, I promised God and I promised myself that I was going to really, you know, put my whole heart and soul into it. And sure. then after that, you know, these awards started happening and things just have been happening since then. And so so I was able to record the CD and now I have an interview with you. <laughs> and, you know, it's just been a wonderful experience and but it took that's where that absence is i was i guess okay. i was learning about um who i was and figuring out uh what it meant to be a singer and getting my heart on right and waiting so but i was still doing music i just wasn't performing hardly any so. wow i tell you i feel so blessed and so fortunate that I feel like we got the street scoop on your <laughs> I do. I honestly feel like we got the street the street scoop on your C D home and now that you shared that an incredible story I almost kind of like get the name and, and we hadn't even discussed like, you know, how you came up with the name or anything like that, but um what a scary, just a scary thought for me. Um, I'm more of a speaker. I mean, I sing, but I'm not a vocalist. You are a vocalist. Mm-hmm. I could kind of like skip and sing a happy tune, but no, you really sing because I know there's a proper technique from your diaphragm and the position of the way you stand, you know, on stage. And uh, I just feel, I feel so honored that you're on Coffee Talk. I really do. I'm just, I'm absolutely just thrilled. So. Thank you. But um, my next question is this. You've had the surgery and you went through, that was just very intense for a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's like, that's your instrument, you yeah. know. So um, how what would you share with those fans that are listening, you know, who are attempting to, you know, they feel that they can sing. You know, doctor says, you know, you've got some challenges and some problems. You may or may not be able to do this, mm-hmm. you know. What are some of the options? What should they be doing in order to kind of really take care of the voice they kind of like have left? I mean, what should they do? Well, you know, I think that really getting some great, I think training is always good. You know, I I think about, uh, and I'm sure a a lot of singers do, they do get, you know, lessons, but learning, not even so much learning how to breathe, but learning about, um, about something that we call placement and mm-hmm. using the resonance that's in your head to help you carry the tone is just going to save your voice, you know, okay. and you're not going to, uh, because we use it all the time and we use it constantly. We're talking, we're laughing, and it's not always in the best of situations, but the more that you can get a resonance, you know, and really have it ringing in the in your head to keep it without getting too technical, as opposed to ringing in your throat, you know, then you're going to save your voice. 
And so I just encourage people to take lessons. It's up to you what how you shape it, you know, because I studied to sing. I studied opera, and I my CD doesn't sound like an opera singer. I mean, it, to there's not that big, large, ringing sound. So you have to know how to pull it back and how to temper it for whatever style music that you sing. But I have friends who are, you know, who do um, Broadway, and when they they flip in and out of that Broadway sound, and they do the most incredible arias, you know, they they flip on that opera sound, and you just look at them and you go, how do you do both of them? And it's, it's <laughs> I, I stand in awe, you know, but it's it comes down to the technique. They understand how the voice works, and they're able to f- use the best ideas, I guess, in, in all of the technical stuff to and apply it to whatever style of music that they're singing. So I, I encourage everybody to learn how to sing um, and then use your your intelligence and your heart to really make beautiful music. Okay, so during this time when I'm still just kind of taken back by that because I've listened to your CD like all day to day. I listened to it like over the weekend. I listened to all the inflections and the tonality and the and the melodies and the lyrics. I'm like, wow, it was just was so soothing, you know, for me. And if you hadn't shared that, I would have never thought that you'd had a care in the world. And so. I know that, that um, you know, you had traveled around kind of like some of the surrounding areas of New York. So while you were having this challenge with your voice, mm-hmm. were you still able to sing a little bit as you were kind of like in your general area, or were you just not singing at all? I wasn't really singing at all. And, uh, you know, I think so much, you know, one of the things that I think all singers deal with is that struggle to separate who they are from their voice because you are mm. you are what comes out of you. You know, and I laugh because I have a bunch of students and I laugh because, you know, when they <laughs> want to open their mouth, they get all timid and they're freaking out about the same things. I mean, we all freak out about the same exact things. I mean, it's almost <laughs> like if you're a singer, you're going to be concerned about what, what this sounds like when you go to a high note. You're going to be afraid, you know, and I laugh. And um, I think... You know, the question just went off in my head. I was making my analogy. Um, But I guess what I was trying to say is that uh, you wind up with my singing, so much of who I was um, was wrapped up into the sound of my voice. And so I didn't, I couldn't sing because I felt like it wasn't really me, you know, and so I, I didn't sing at all. I sang for my job with my students, you know, teaching them how to sing. But I didn't do any performances, which probably, you know, was more in my head than it was. I probably could have done more, um, but it got less and less over that 10 years where it went to zero, you know. There were some in the beginning. There were actually, actually I did do a couple of things. I did go out to uh, Savannah to sing in a competition twice during that time but it became hard because it was like I was having good a good moment and then I went to go sing and then the next time I went I wasn't having a good good time you know period of of where my voice was at so it was kind of up and down it became unreliable okay it's so funny when you said that because it's something that my sister and I we you know we're so close that we always talk about, you know, sometimes when you're going through a very challenging time, 
you always feel like it's just you and like nobody else is walking through this. You mm-hmm. know, you never say, well, God, why is it, why is it happening? You know, to me, it seems like everybody else is just kind of skipping along through life, and yeah. they have no challenges. And if you hadn't shared that, I would have thought, you know, your voice is just pure joy, and it never sounded as if you ever had any kind of challenge. Because when I listen to each track, I mean, it's so effortless. Mm, thank you. When it, I'm telling you, I, you know, I listen to a lot of music. I mean, and the tone was just pitch perfect on every song and I'm like wow and I go what a gift you know that you have because I've heard the song um summertime and mm-hmm. at home and then I listen to you know the cover tunes I listen to your spin on it and I go to me that's the art of a wonderful vocalist where you can hear the same lyrics but the tonality and someone else sings it mm-hmm. it's like completely your own it doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard yeah amazing well, my sister, my, I have, my sister and I like to talk about that kind of, you know, interpretation too. We used to always talk about Aretha, Aretha Franklin, who, you know, she would redo a song and it was a completely mm-hmm. different song. Like she, I remember listening to, I think it was the Bridge Over Troubled Waters, and, um, you know, her take was completely different. Every song that she ever did was like that. So she's kind of like the standard. That we look to, that I always look to, you know, that when you redo somebody's music, you have to say something different. You have to totally have a completely different perspective on the song to make it special, or it's not worth doing. Now, although some songs are great, you just want to sing them exactly. Like I have this problem. (laughs) I have a song that I I want to sing it exactly like Ella did. I don't want to do any other way (laughs) because there's just no other way, you know, to do it. You've got to do it like her. So, you know, I guess you get a little bit of both there. Okay. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to get into some of this fantastic music. And uh, the first track that we're going to play on your debut CD, I feel so excited because we got this great scoop. We're going to play <laughs> Lucky to Be Me. And then um, can you set this up for us? Then we're going to go to the boards and we're going to play. And um, we can take some calls. I see a lot of people are starting to sign on. Hey, I'm loving that, you guys. So um, you want to set Lucky to be me up, and we'll play a song. We'll come back and we'll take some calls. Okay, great. Yeah, Lucky um, to be me is featuring a a wonderful, wonderful saxophonist, Houston Person, who is just a wonderful, wonderful individual and has been a great, just a great advisor for me. And um, it's uh, originally from the Broadway show On the Town, written by Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein sorry, Leonard Bernstein. And so uh, we just this is our take on it with the arrangement of Matt Haviland. Okay, so here we go with "Lucky to Be Me," our in-studio guest, Miss Shirley Crabb. Let's take a listen, shall we? Fortune smiled and came my way Bringing love I never thought I'd see I'm so lucky to be me What a night Suddenly you came in sight Looking just the way I hoped you'd be I'm so lucky I am simply a thunderstruck 
Um, for our callers, I see you guys are on the boards. I am more excited than you guys are. I can hardly get the words out. So listen, if you guys want to speak with Ms. Shirley Crabb, just press 1 on your phone. I'll go ahead and open up the boards, and you guys can ask her any question that's relevant to music or give her a shout-out. So we are waiting, and we also have gift giveaways. So, um, you guys, we are ready uh, and um, to take your calls. So while we're waiting for someone not to be so bashful, we're going to go on to our next question. Um, you're from the great city of New York, the city that never, ever sleeps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so being from New York, um, you have performed at the world-famous jazz club Birdland. So yeah. for any serious jazz person, if you guys don't know where Birdland is, okay, get smart, Google it. You guys, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Birdland is is one it's kind of like where you cut your teeth basically it's a jazz club it's located in new york and uh it was started back in in the early or shall i say actually like the late 40s like 48 49 and so it's located um broadway just north of 57th street in manhattan and so um this is where miss shirley has actually sung so you really have to be somebody to be singing at birdland so tell us about that experience Oh, that was great. I actually did, you know, they run, it was earlier, um, before, somewhere actually in the early part of that 10-year span, I um, did two two shows there, and they were kind of pre, uh, the shows before the, the, the late, later night shows. Okay. So it was a chance for me to um, to be heard and to uh, to uh, get a great audience and stuff, and the, we sold out, which was awesome, so... It was very well received and an exciting experience to be backstage, you know, in the green room waiting to go on and it's a great place and it's uh the food is good and the, the management <laughs> everybody. They have the best chicken wings, I'm telling you. I still remember them. <laughs> oh wow. But it was and a great experience. Um, really great. Well, yeah, I'm a foodie myself and um, you know, salad is good but I do need some meat, so those chicken wings they they sound real good. <laughs> Of the famous Birdland, but you also appeared um, as a soloist at what all New Yorkers know as MSG, which is Madison Square Garden. And so, Madison Square Garden, I mean, is known all over the world. And yes, yeah. It, everybody who's anybody has sung in Madison Square Garden. So, tell us about um, your particular experience at, at uh, Madison Square Garden, how it felt to be on stage, and just kind of wow. take us back. It was, that was an awesome experience. I was a featured soloist there, and um, the crowd was, you just look out, and there's a ton of people. It's a little overwhelming, but it was great. It was just, you know, it was like the ultimate New York thing to do, to go back and have your backstage pass, and you're going in the performer's entrance, and I did did some music there, and it it was just a great experience. I mean... You just are excited. It was great. Wow. Um, my only Madison Square experience, you guys do not laugh, okay, but that is like one of the places that I would love to visit once I come to New York. Um, Madison Square Garden, it's like the third busiest uh, music arena like in the world, you know, mm-hmm. next to like the O2 Arena, you know, London and like the United Kingdom. So I, I'm just trying to, like I'm living my life vicariously like through you right now because you got a chance. Square <laughs> Garden. So that is phenomenal. I mean, you you've had some wonderful things. 
you know. Yeah, you know, um, it's happened for you. Yeah, I definitely uh, have had some really great, some great experiences. You know, um, I got a chance to uh, to open and during a concert for Abby Lincoln really early before I even really got sick. While I was just at the very beginning. And that was great because then I another backstage. I don't know what it is and why I'm so uh, crazy about the backstage experience. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to me that's like you're really there. You know, backstage yeah. is not all that. I mean, it's usually not all that. But um, but I got to share the the backstage, the dressing room with with Abby Lincoln. It was at um, the, a place that no longer exists down on Lafayette Street in Manhattan called the Universal Jazz Coalition. And this wonderful, wonderful jazz promoter named Kobe Narita used to do uh, concerts there and workshops. In fact, that's how I got started in jazz. It was her workshop that I was going down to uh, see, not Abby Lincoln's, but Kobe Narita's. And I, uh, you know, would go down there and work with these great musicians, and through that, Kobe asked me to to be the opening act when they presented Abby Lincoln. So I'm backstage with Abby Lincoln, and um, she was she's an amazing singer. And um, of course, you know, I was in awe and thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I'm back here with Abby Lincoln. This is this is really cool. <laughs> I had a, listen. I had loved her CDs, you know, and just had literally almost had them all memorized. So I very boldly asked her, you know. Um, I love that song, Strongman. Do you think I could get a copy <laughs> so that I oh, can work wow. on it? And she kind of looked at me like, you know, like, uh, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> but it was funny, you know, that I was so bold. as to say, can I have, can you give me a copy, you know? Take her, one of her signature songs. So oh, so I've wow. loved that song for a long time, and I, you know, and it's on the CD really in tribute to her. We we didn't necessarily think of it that way, but we did we knew that the song was so such a special song and not many people had recorded it and we wanted to people to a little bit kind of think a little bit about Abby's arrangement with the wonderful musicians that were playing on that C D, you know, but we didn't want to exactly, you know, imitate it completely. But we wanted to have a little bit of the flavor. Because it's just such a great, great song. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to um, playing Strongman. It's so funny when you were talking about, um, you know, some people look at you and I'm sure they're like in awe of you, thinking, God, you know, I wish I could sing like that or, you know, can I walk over to her and say hello. And what I find with most of the artists, because I deal with a lot of, um, deal with a lot of high profile, you know, jazz professionals, you know, they're just, regular people just like us and what i find is that some of them think that people are like really weird they're just kind of i mean they do there's like so why are you looking at me like that or you know they almost kind of like look at the person like with trepidation like okay is this person like going to do something crazy or whatever <laughs> but i think what it is is that you you have almost like idolized this person and put them on this pedestal that is not realistic yeah. at all but because you know, news media, because we've heard of their great recordings, you yeah. know, we don't really necessarily hear of the struggle, you just hear the great recording, and so it's kind of like you just put them in this place, yeah. you know, and so when you meet them, it's like, oh, you know, yeah. and they go, I'm not like that, they go, hi, I'm Abby Lincoln, or hi, I'm Shirley Crabb, or hi, I'm Miss Bridget Lewis, you know, Yeah. 
very true. Um, yeah, so when I meet people, um, I try not to go there. I think there's yeah. only one person that I did that with. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I'm good. But, you know, after meet like a couple people, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I kind of think that if I were to meet, like, and I kick myself because I could have met Ella Fitzgerald, and I just <gasps> didn't know that it, I could. I was at her concert when I was in uh, in Chicago, and she played at the Ravinia Festival out there, and I didn't know that I could have just hung out and gotten a chance to meet her. But I think if I were to meet her, I would probably just, you know, have become jelly on the floor. That would have uh, definitely happened to me. But, I, you know, when I meet these guys, because I've gotten a chance to meet um, some really amazing uh, musicians, people mm-hmm. who I've revered for a long time, I um, I have to do the same thing. I have to remember that they're these are regular people who want, you know, they need their space, be polite, you know, respect where they're at and stuff. But it's hard. It is definitely hard because you're right. You live, you're, you're, you're living with them, you know. You're listening to them. You're trying to get into their head, you know, and it's a, it's a whole other experience. But I, I love, I, I also, when I think about these guys who are very successful, I just look at them and I, my, the, my respect level, knowing how hard it really is to, to work in this business and to get any kind of success, even get anybody to pay attention to you, I just look at them and I think, oh man, you guys are hardworking and so incredibly focused, and I really, my respect and admiration for them kind of goes now in a different, mm-hmm. in a different place. You know, when I, especially when I see them doing, you know, great business decisions, and I think, wow, you guys, you know, you've really dedicated, and I, it's just so impressive to me. Yeah, um, when you said that, what it makes me think about is I realize that everybody go through their own struggle, their own yes. challenge. Like I was talking with the artist today. This gentleman is he's a phenomenal talent and he's a guitarist, a pianist, and a vocalist. He's not the strongest vocalist, but he just has like this intonation that's just it's just pretty mm-hmm. when I listen to it. And so he just kept on asking me. He was just like, Well, you think I'm good enough? You think I'm okay? And then I asked him, I said, why are you questioning your own ability? Mm-hmm. And he said he had spoken with another radio personality that said the same thing. He goes, did you guys talk? And I said, <laughs> I know of this person, but she and I have never had a conversation, and I don't even have her phone number. And so I said, I think oftentimes as artists, mm-hmm. you know, we are so much more critical of ourselves. Oh, yes. You know, and so I mm-hmm. told him, I said, um, Obviously, what you're doing is right. I said, because all your songs are being played in rotation, I mean, just like all across, you know, the U.S., but for whatever reason, you have this thing in your head yeah. that what you're doing is not good enough, I said, and it's more than good enough. And so I basically told them today, I said, get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And I said, let the music do what it's going to do. I go, you've come this far. And I said, so you plan on turning around now? I mean, what are you going to do? Just let me know. Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, let's bring it on!" You know, I said, "Well, I'm just asking. I'm just asking." So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think as as artists, as professionals, just as people, I think we shouldn't um, be so critical 
mm-hmm. of ourselves to see that we've at least tried, you know, we've kind of gone the distance in that. You know, we're always stretching and we're always growing and we can always get better, but yeah. at least we've accomplished, you know, and you're extremely accomplished, I'm telling you. It's just, you're, I just, I just cannot say enough about the CD. Speaking of that, please share with our listeners how they can um, find you on all the different social networks. Let's get that information oh, out there, great. Too. Yeah, great. Well, I'm on Facebook. You can definitely look. You can like my page, which is Shirley Crabbe, C-R-A-B-B-E, jazz vocalist, and that would be great. And, of course, you can go to my website, www.shirleycrabbe.com, and you can also um, find my music on CD Baby. And it's also on iTunes, or you can just buy it off of my website through PayPal. And, of course, I love Twitter. I'm really, really <laughs> trying to get into Twitter. I got somebody retweeted me the other day. I was like, yay, wow, I got retweeted. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> but I'm trying to – I have to ask my nephew how to do it because, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I finally figured out what the little hash sign hashtag meant. <laughs> Oh I want to put hashtags in everything now, you know. <laughs> I'm laughing because if my sister is listening to this, I'm telling she is going to rip me so hard. I mean, we have the social media conversation every single day, and she is one of the best designer, wedding designers, just bar none. Uh-huh. And not because she's my sister, but just because. But that is her forte. I mean, as an artist, she wants to focus on the art like most singers. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want to get into the whole social media and how do you do this and how do you do that. So we were talking about the hash mark. I'm like, what is a hash mark? <laughs> and she was like, you mean you don't know? And I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about, you know. So yeah, that's so funny. But um, we got to learn it because technology is definitely here to stay. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And well, you know, the good thing about Twitter is that it's kind of simple. Yeah, you it know, is. it's like you don't really have to, you don't have to know that much. You just kind of post your tweets, which doesn't say too much for me, I guess. Because <laughs> it's a while to figure it out. But um, you know, you just uh, you tweet, and then you get friends, and you put the hashtag in and <laughs> retweet. But yeah. um, but it's good. I like it. I don't know why. I just love it. And I love when I get a little thingy on my phone that says, you just got a new friend. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> Which means that somebody really is. It's funny. Somebody's paying attention. But I think probably one of the reasons why I like Twitter is because, number one, it's real time, which is a yes. little bit different than Facebook because you kind of like get that immediate response yes. back yeah. and the person will like follow you and they'll send you like a little note and all the whole connection deal so i understand like why yeah yeah you definitely like um twitter so we're going to be tweeting about this as a matter of fact like while we're doing the show right now we've got some live twitter feed going out right now about the show so yeah so people are listening in and we have like six calls that are on the board so for our fans you guys just press the one on the board surely would love to take your calls and i would love to put something in your christmas stocking because I tell you guys I have some wonderful um, gift giveaways here. I'm not going to tell you what it is, and today is not the jackpot, by the way, and I'll just tell you guys what that is. I tell you, we love to give stuff away here, Shirley. Um, We have what's called the jackpot. Oh, that's great. Yes. 
So when fans hear the jackpot, that means winner take all. I mean, it could be coffee mugs, T-shirts. It could be Visa cards. It could be a little bit of cruising. It's not going to be a seven-day, 14-day cruise. It could be like a little three-dayer. I'm just saying. That's great, though. That's great. we've got a lot of stuff to give away, so you guys go ahead and call in. But here's what I'd love to do. I want to get into some more of this great music from Shirley's uh, current project entitled Home. And um, I'm loving this song, you guys. This is track number four called Seasons. So you want to set this up? It's so Christmassy, you guys. Oh, I'm so great. Yeah, I'm so (laughs) glad you like this song. Love it. Because I love it, too. It's my favorite. It's really, I mean, I I have a couple of favorites, but uh, it's one of my favorites. It's written by by McCoy Tyner. And as far as I know it, only... uh, Myself and Sarah Vaughn have ever recorded it, wow. and I was, you know, searching for um, some music and figured I'd check out Sarah, and found her singing this beautiful rendition of Seasons, and the uh, it's um, myself on vocals, obviously Donald Vega on piano, John Burr on bass, and Alvester Garnett on drums. Well, I want to thank those um, gentlemen and that young lady. I said that helped you too. Bring this project to fruition, and you guys see them, which is so funny because this actually is my favorite oh, on here. Oh, I'm happy. I it's great. Love it. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a listen to Seasons Beautiful. off of uh, Shirley's project entitled Home. Let's take a listen, shall we?
footprints I Marjane, contemporary gospel recording artist. Do you love good coffee and a great chat? Well, today is your chance to peek behind the curtain with your favorite artist. Are you celebrating a birthday? If so, join us with the Coffee Talk Jazz Radio Birthday Club. Send us a text at 562-355-0311 or email us at coffeetalkjazzradio at msn.com. We'll also give you a live shout-out and plenty of Twitter love. You never know what you might win. Call us today if it's your birthday at 347-934-0108. Be sure to follow our tweets and also follow us on Facebook. So happy birthday from Miss Bridget and the Coffee Talk Jazz crew. And we are back broadcasting live from Los Angeles, California. And you listen to the very best in Blog Talk Radio here at Coffee Talk Jazz with your host, Miss Bridget Lewis, a.k.a. the Coffee Lady, and that would be me. I tell you, listening to that song, Shirley, it was like, it was almost as if I heard no instruments, even though I know there were like three of the top musicians that were on there, but... It just kind of reminded me, it just kind of took me back of being like in a really cozy jazz club, the lights are down low, a stool and a microphone, and you just hear your voice, and it just it was just very retro. I just, that was so pretty. Wow. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> you know, I, um, I've i listened to the CD a thousand times, you know, in, <laughs> when you're, and I haven't listened to it very much in the last um, month or so, and mm-hmm. actually listening to that, I got a little nervous because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to do my release party. And so I said, oh my goodness, I, 
I I better make sure I I know all the music again. I haven't listened to it that much. But it was nice. It was refreshing to hear it after not listening to it for such a long time because it really is a beautiful song. And uh, Donald and just plays so beautifully on it. That Donald Vega, the pianist, and then just everybody. John Burr laid down a really great bass line and. And Alvester is just such a tasteful, tasteful drummer. Everybody just did such a nice job. It was very, um, it was very satisfying. It's just a great song, though. Mm-hmm. You know, the lyrics, it's got a tough lyric, though, but but a great, great song by, a, you know, written by a master, McCoy Tyner. You know, you just... Doesn't get any better than that. So I know. Um, like I look at his videos and studied his discography, and we are certainly hoping to have uh, Mr. McCoy Tyner as one of our living legends in 2012. We certainly reached out to him, and oh, that's great. Oh my God! I mean, I really try and have the masters, you know, on the show. I mean, those are the jazz masters, kind of like the tastemakers that can take you back to tell you what it was like to be back in the clubs. Yes, you know. Yeah. Back in the 40s, you know, going in the back door and, you know, people paying all this money to come and see, but yet and still you couldn't walk through the front door. So I know they have these these um, these stories, and then they sent me videos of, um, I think it's McCoy Tyner and uh, Joe Sample and Ramsey Lewis, and it was a jam session, and I'm just like, I felt so privileged. I'm like, thank you guys for like sending this to me. I mean, it was just, I love it when they do that. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's just. I just look at there, uh, his technique. Um, he's very intense but gentle mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, when he's uh, playing. And I, I just marveled. I, I just do. I, I just marvel at um, at his work. So that was a, a wonderful, a wonderful um, rendition of uh, that particular song, Seasons. Now, let me ask you this. Um, do you remember your first musical recital? Ah, my first musical recital. I probably do. Well, you know, <laughs> they're hard not to forget because my dad used to video. Well, he videotaped them, but it was not. It was before videotape. It was like a Super Eight movie oh, thing. Boy. So he would have this giant lamp that would come on, <laughs> and the whole place was like engulfed in light. It was very embarrassing. So yes, I do remember my first musical recital thanks to my dad. Oh, wow. Um, when you said that, what was funny, that it wasn't a recital, it just kind of took me back to, you know, just um, how much technology has changed. Now, oh, I don't know if everybody <laughs> had one, but when you said that, it reminded me of, like, when we got our first, what I consider, like, a real Christmas tree, and I don't think we could really, like, afford lights mm-hmm. to put on the Christmas tree, but I don't know if you remember back in the days when we had the Christmas trees that were, like, silver, and they had oh yeah, and they had the lights that came with the lights. <laughs> and you'd have to like poke, you'd have to like take part of the tree, and you you know the tree came like in, in thirds. You'd have to put it together. Oh yeah, and then sure. you'd have to stick the little parts in the hole, and then you'd have like this little light that would like turn around with these like different colors because you couldn't afford the bulbs. You go, I don't know if you remember that, but I do. We did got... have that kind of tree, but I remember seeing them. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. you were talking about your dad. I go. It really took me back um, to that place. That was a little scary, I'm just saying. But anyway, <laughs> how we have progressed and moved forward. And um, speaking of progressing and moving forward with your um, varied accomplishments, 
uh, your past where you had challenges with your voice is just so pure. The tone is just beautiful. You mentioned your students, and so I want to know what uh, advice do you share with them on continuing to develop their passion and their craft for music ship? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? It's so funny because this whole experience and just being really, you know, diving into trying to have a career as a singer mm-hmm. has just turned me into a, uh, just a, I don't know, I don't want to say a preacher, but talking, to my, I've spoken to my students a lot about, you know, drive and passion mm-hmm. and going for something that really means something to you. Like, in fact, I just had a talk with a, one of my, uh, a former student of mine, who wants to be a recording engineer, and he went to school right in New York, you know, perfect place to be able to have all the contacts. And and sure. then he didn't, um, you know, his uh, his attitude about it is, you know, it's just really hard. And um, so I'm trying to, you know, so I got a job doing something else, which is, you know, smart, you know, especially with today's economy. You need to get a job doing something else. But I, boy, he got a mouth, an earful from me because I just, you know, started talking to him about how you have to, if you really want to do it, you just got to go for it, you know, and eat the rice and beans and be uh, focused, you know, and work really hard. You know, so I talk a lot about driving passion and a funny thing. And I get people who talk to me about it a lot because I was on the phone um, with a colleague of mine we were talking about setting up this date for the um, the release and talking about the future, you know, my future career, and they gave me the same talk, which was kind of nice. You know, you got to stick in it. Don't worry. It's going to keep, you know, you're going to keep moving forward, and this is going to, you know, i got a, a great kind of drive and stick with your passion kind of uh, talk. So it's good, you know. You have to have people that, that are helping you with that, you know. I get that from my sister who constantly encourages me and and my mom, you know, and my other family members who just are uh you know, remind me that it is hard work and that it's hard but you can do it. You know, it's it's totally doable. You just have to be willing to deal with the sacrifices, which are many. But if you love it, you know, which is how I feel, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different. I just yeah. love music, you know. It's just a part of me. I don't even realize. I, I don't even realize how much I love it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> who I am, you know. Right. It's just who I am. So. It makes absolute perfect sense, and I think, um, at least for me, you said that it was like God. So many visions just kind of came before me when you were speaking, and I think as people, as artists as professionals, I think that we all struggle and we think that, again, other people don't have any mm-hmm. struggles. And um, But I'm here to tell you guys that if you want it bad enough, you talked about the passion, the drive. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, you know, the hard work. And that's one of the things that, you know, I do, um, you know, as the producer of the show, I have such a love and a heart for children mm-hmm. and for education. And so it's like I feel like sometimes like I'm on a one woman mission or crusade (laughs) i mean i i really feel like that sometimes but when i tell people what i do they go oh my god you really do that i'm like yeah so i feel like it is 
part of my responsibility, you know, yeah. being in the music industry, really to provide, you know, um, music enrichment opportunities for youth in the neighborhood, you know, build partnerships in the community that support mm-hmm. academics, personal development, and arts education to let the kids know it's like, you know, you're not alone. It's like, you know, you can fulfill this dream, you know, you can get to that next level, but you can't do it by yourself, you know. you got to ask. you got to ask for help, you know. you got to get the wisdom. Definitely, definitely. You know, so um, you told him right, and, of course, he was absolutely right for going and getting another job, but quitting, tell him to call me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> quitting, <laughs> quitting is not um, an not, option. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not. Um, I feel like I'm encouraging myself, you know, because, I mean, sometimes things will come along that just knock the wind. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Out of you. Well, it's a roller coaster, you know, like when people ask me, so how's it going? And I go, it's a roller coaster. Because one day you're like, man, this is great. I'm loving it. And then the next day you're like, oh, I can't go on. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I? I always laugh because, you know, sometimes my students will ask me if I get nervous before I sing, and um, I don't always get nervous, but every once in a while I'll get those really bad nerves, and I'll ask myself, whose idea was this? Did I book this gig? Why am I here? <laughs> you know, because you just, you know, that emotion, the roller coaster of emotions are up and down. But, yeah, you're so right. It's just that staying the co- staying the course, I think that's why, going back to what I said earlier about when I think about some of these really successful people, anybody that I meet, yeah. you know, that, that is doing something in the performing arts and the entertainment field, or even the, the, these guys who are on CNN and all that stuff, it sure. takes so much perseverance. Yes, it does. You know, it takes talent. You have the talent, but you just, you know, if you stick to it, eventually something's going to stick to you, you know. Eventually you're going to get there. But it's just that perseverance. And nowadays everybody, it's so easy to give up. It's so much easier to just say, you know, that's not really what I want. And I guess guess that's, you know, everybody can, can say that. But I honestly can say that I feel inside of me that now I have no choice but to keep going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, To be blessed with the gift because, you know what I guess I find amazing? And I said, okay, God, thank you for this wonderful speaking voice you've given me and the ability to write, you know. But sometimes I would wonder, I go, okay, well, how come I didn't get like a Shirley voice? I mean, <laughs> that. I mean, really, that is a gift. God was just like, okay, here, I'm yeah. giving, passing this out to you because see, he knew what you were going to do with the gift, even though you had a, a little rough patch in there, you're on mm-hmm. the other side of that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm thinking, had I had the gift, like, what would I be doing with it? I can't say, you know what I mean, even though, I, like, I can sing, but I can't, not like you, not yeah. like you at all. So um, I think everybody everybody goes through that, and you were talking about being um, about being nervous on stage, and I go... Yeah. As many years as I've gotten up to speak and to write, I still get like a little, you know, jittery. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, this. Um... Well, one time, I, I mean, I, I don't usually get really super nervous, but I just I remember one time when I was going to sing at the competition in Savannah, the American Con- Traditions Competition. 
I was really nervous, and I had my mom. I take my mom with me everywhere. She's 87 years old. Oh. I just grab her and say, "Come on, mom, you're going with me." And we're in the car, and she's of course nervous for me. She's all every time throughout my life. Whenever I've had a performance and my mom is nervous, we always get in an argument. And it took me a while to figure out why. I used to think, why is she arguing with me? Doesn't she know I'm going to perform? And I realized she's nervous. She's as nervous for me as I am. So she starts asking me all these questions. Did you practice long enough? Did, does he know your music? Do you know the words? You know, we're right, it's the day of the competition, you know, the day before the competition. Oh, no. She's asking all these questions. And I got so upset with her. I said, don't say another word to me. You don't know me. And she just looked at me and said, but Shirley, I'm your mother. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just funny, you know, how she just looked at me like, what's wrong with you? So, but, but yeah, it's that uh, perseverance, you know, going through however you feel, you know, and making it. I was going to say, too, when you were um, talking that I think everybody also has to find, and this I tell, I tell everybody this, but you have to find what it is that you do, you know, what you are, whether it's, you know, and they, I guess people would call that finding their passion. Right. But I feel so blessed that, that I know who I am, you know, as far that I know that I, that I am, that I'm a singer. That's what I do. Sure. You know, and that I get to, uh, I get. I mean, I tell you, I'm like a kid when I'm around the other musicians. I'm just so happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I get to sing and perform for people, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. I'm having a ball, and I love to play with, and I look at the other musicians, and I love to play with the ones that are always laughing. I used to work with this drummer, and I just loved playing with him because every time he played the drums, and Alvester's a little bit like this too, have a great big grin on their face, you know? They're just so happy. They're mm-hmm. having fun, and and it's uh, it's kind of cool, you know? It's kind of neat to be able to uh, have that kind of life where you just are, you know, enjoying the moments that you get to do. But I'm sure you feel the same way with, you know, when you're interviewing somebody because that's who you are. You know, that's, yeah. that's who you are. So that, that, I think that's the key. And then, then, you know, then we don't care if we get a lot of money or anything. You know, I, I hope that I'll be successful. But I honestly just, one of the things I learned when I was going through that 10-year kind of down period was that I just, I sing for, and I'm going to cry when I say it, I sing for my own joy, you know, because well, I yeah. love it. And I hope, I hope, I'm always thrilled and amazed, to be perfectly honest, when people say that they like it, you know, because there's a part of me that's just having, getting so much joy out of the giving portion of it, mm-hmm. you know, and that when I hear that people are, enjoying it i'm just tickled to death because i think wow that's really cool i get to i get to give something to somebody else and they enjoy it they really like it you know so it's very special to me oh yeah so speaking of that what i want to do is after that conversation i think we need to play <laughs> I wrong think so. man i'm going to get some <laughs> tissues <laughs> 
And uh, Strongman is track number six off of Shirley's uh, project. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen at Strongman, and we'll return with more good coffee and great chat with our in-studio guest, Miss Shirley Crabb. Let's take a listen, shall we? Thank you. 
I'm a jazz vocalist, violinist, music educator, and author. It's Ladies Week here at Coffee Talk Jazz Radio, and we are bringing our listeners the best there is in diversity and talent. It's your chance to peek behind the curtain and get up close and personal with your favorite jazz musicians and amazing vocalists. Our vision here at Coffee Talk Jazz Radio is to increase the profile of jazz through music education, and that's why I'm here to talk to you about education. Coffee Talk Jazz Radio's executive producer, Miss Bridget Lewis, strongly believes in music education, and that's why she's launched the Coffee Talk Jazz Music Foundation for Children. The student recipients will be involved in programs emphasizing intensive study and self-discipline rather than generalized or introductory exposure to the performing arts. The goal is to raise money and awareness for inner-city schools and after-school music programs where children show an aptitude towards music. Music is the fabric of our lives, and I can tell you how important it is to have your generous contribution for Generation Next Project. The proceeds will be divided into four curriculums, preschool, middle school, preparatory, and pre-professional in both music and dance. More information is available through the official website at www.coffeetalkjazzradio.com. Your support and donations can be made through the website. It is a nonprofit organization, 501c company, and your contributions are tax deductible. Support the Generation Next Project Scholarship Foundation and tell them Miss Bridget Lewis sent you. And be sure to pick up my current CD, A Lovely Way to Spend an Evening, available at iTunes, Amazon, and FOTICD.com. That's F-O-T-I-C-D.com. For Coffee Talk Jazz Radio, I'm Calabria Foti. Thank you. And we are back broadcasting live. I want to thank Calabria for giving our Gift of Music Scholarship Foundation a wonderful plug. I got to tell you, listening to that last song, I mean, the vocals are just Excellent, and I'm telling you, Shirley, you can sell a lyric, okay? This is just one, you can sell it, because oh, <laughs> the music is just melodic. I love the various styles on this CD, and I tell you guys, this is jazz at its best. You guys definitely want to make sure that you add 
Shirley's current project, Home to Your Jazz Gem Collection. No need to go out and fight people over parking spaces, not when you can just go right to iTunes or go right to Shirley's website at Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, crap, C-R-A-B-B-E, Dot com and everybody's got 99 cent right so you guys can download it and just be greedy just buy lots of cds and using the stocking stuffers i mean music is such a great gift i mean it's the gift that keeps on giving right that's right <laughs> <laughs> it does. So, okay um of course i have more questions for you and my next question is how has all this social media really helped you get your message to the marketplace? Wow. I am still, you know, as we had kind of touched on before, I'm still figuring out okay. all of this. You know, I've got I've got a nice, you know, I we always laugh, you know, people say, Oh, I have a Facebook account and they're like, Oh, how many <laughs> friends do you have? And you can't really say, Oh, I got twenty friends, you know, that's not good. You have to have it. And I still in awe of people who have three thousand friends. I'm like, Do you know these people? But um I have a Facebook uh I have a regular, you know, my personal Facebook page mm-hmm. and um and I actually know every single one of these people. Mm-hmm. which blows my mind because I didn't think I would know so many people. So that's good. So I use the Facebook, and and I love to use use Twitter, and I haven't um, really used MySpace as much. I've kind of been focusing on Facebook and Twitter. But I, find, I love I love it. I love the whole social media phenomenon. I mean, yeah. Facebook to me is just <laughs> absolutely incredible. And I, and I have to admit I am a complete stalker. Oh, I God. just stalk people all the time. <laughs> I stalk them, and then I tell them I stalk them. I told this one guy at church because he's very funny, and um, he posts the most hilarious pictures of him and his two boys, and they're always dressed up in, like, um, superhero costumes, the three of them. <laughs> and I just look at his pages and laugh, and so we were singing together, and I told him, you know, I'm stalking you on Facebook, and he kind of looked at me like... I think that's a compliment, but I'm not sure. It was fun. <laughs> I like but it's it fun. too. Yeah. I just think it's it's just amazing, I mean, that you can really, really touch the world, you know, through Facebook, you know, through yeah. LinkedIn and just all these other social media outlets. So I certainly use them to, um, you know, to the fullest, and they're always changing, so I'm always learning and growing, yes. you know, um, as well. But uh, I want to transition to... Um, your voiceover work. And oh, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about your voiceover projects and how you got involved there. Well, you know, it's funny because I was looking for, uh, I love to talk, and I always have tons of things to say, so the idea of talking for somebody and getting paid was just a natural, I guess. But um, <laughs> I uh, was looking for a way to really kind of um, build a, a life for myself and just in the entertainment area outside of some of the teaching that I do. And so it was kind of a natural to go to the voice, to do voiceover. I don't even really know where the idea came from. It just kind of was one of those things that popped in my head and I had a wonderful opportunity um, to meet a voiceover coach 
that I've been working with for several years now and um, have done some small projects. Kind of this year I've had to um, put it to the side a little bit because this album has just been all-consuming. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I've gotten to do some, some, uh, a little few things, and I've done some narration. I've used the skills there to do some narration, um, and for local, uh, some local projects. So it's been, it's been really interesting. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially when you get to do characters, and um, you know, and that that's fun. I've got some, uh, <laughs> some fun characters, and uh, and. Uh, selling the products and it's just a lot of it's fun it's real fun work but again another very long road of hard work and you know staying in there but it's fun and i tell you voiceover people i was at a conference last year in los angeles the voiceover industry the people that are a part of it are such wonderful people they just they're great they're artsy but they're also really grounded and and just real nice people. So I've enjoyed, um, you know, getting to be uh, a part of that, although I'm still pretty much in the early stages, but but it's been a lot of fun. Well, um, I have the biggest smile on my face because that's something that we have in common because mm-hmm. I've done voiceover work for years. And so um, the thing that's just funny is when mine started out, it started out many years ago, and I started out doing on-hole messages and oh cool people would call my house they go oh my god listen to her her voice like who is that i'm like it's me and they go well can you record for me can you record for me and so then companies would call and i'd record for them and it's funny like to hear your voice like on a major recording or something like that you know so um it is it is a lot of fun and you meet really interesting people and then when you get a chance to do the cartoon stuff so um this is your show if you want to do a cartoon voice for us we're, we're ready well, I do have Olga. <laughs> I do Olga. I not know how Olga was ever came above, but I love Olga. She's funny. She dresses nice. You know, she's a good girl. So oh I don't God. know. She's kind of a little mixed up today because I haven't really done her in a long time. Oh, my but. God. <laughs> my coach loved Olga. She just thought oh, Olga was wow. great. And the funny thing is that I was in the I was on my way to an audition in, in Manhattan and um I got on the the uh the elevator and this lady walks in and in my mind it's just the two of us, she walks in and I say to myself, Oh my goodness, that's Olga. That's <laughs> Olga. I can't believe it. She's in the you know in the, the the elevator with me, and then she opens her mouth and she goes, "Oh, darling, you look fabulous!" And I just no died because it was Olga. It was so Olga, and I just laughed. I couldn't believe that she had that accent. It was very, you know, how hilarious. Yeah, is that when you were doing the voice, you totally painted a picture. And oh, what great. I saw, I'm telling you, what I saw is I saw a woman of about five feet. <laughs> who was kind of, yeah, who was five feet, kind of, you know, pale skin, you know, mature with, you know, hair was blonde, but kind of like gray, you know, had a little bit of weight, you know, and then a couple of bags, you know, she's kind of struggling and kind of, you know, dragging the leg a little bit, you know, but the biggest personality and that when you did the voice, I'm like, oh, my God, you like totally painted this picture. So, oh, great. <laughs> That's great. That's good. That's good. That's good. 
so yeah, they're funny. Fun. Oh my god! Um, if you could, let me ask you this: Can you believe? that we've almost come to the end of 90 minutes. Can you believe it? I know. I can't believe it. I looked up before and it was 844 and I thought, oh, my goodness, that went fast. And that now was it's, like, no yeah. way. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. You've been such an amazing guest, but we're, but the coffee has not stopped brewing just yet. It's almost down to a simmer. <laughs> so just uh, really quick. Just want to let everybody know. People always say, "Well, Miss Bridget, like you know, what are you listening to?" So I have what's called the Musicians' Corner, and so right now I'm listening to Andre Delano's First Christmas. And speaking of Andre Delano, this past weekend I was out at Spagatini's Grill and Jazz, which is a uh, which is very legendary here in California and So Beach. And so I had a chance to actually host his Christmas party, and I tell you. The place, it, it was just, he rocked the halls with festive holiday song treats, and he sung a few cover songs, and it was just, it was standing room only, and I tell you, with the searing keyboards and drums and the funkadelic guitar, it was just, I'm like, can you say Grammy? Okay. So, <laughs> um, his project is called Andre Delano's First Christmas. You guys have to pick it up, so go to andredelano.com. And I'm also listening to, of course, Miss Shirley Crabb, Home, her project. You guys definitely want to pick this up for the holidays. And I have new music from my friend Slim Man, and his project is called Christmas Letter. It's a wonderful CD that I'm listening to over the holidays. And then we have our, um, let me tell you who's coming to the show. You guys, we're pulling out all the stops, you know, close to the end of the year. But we have Living Legend. Our Living Legend series is back on December the 13th on Tuesday with Captain Fingers himself, Mr. Lee Rittenauer. will be here to talk about his project, Six String Therapy. So we're very excited about that. And we have um, Mr. Kevin Tony, who's going to be here with his project called the uh, American Sweet Three, but he's more so going to be talking about this brand new book, which is part of the Arts and Culture series, so he is going to be here as well. So I want to leave our guest with the last words. It has just been my pleasure to absolutely host your show, and so what do you want guests to know most about you? Wow. Um, I guess that <laughs> I love to sing and that I love singing for you and that I hope that that people will find as much joy in uh, my recording and in the things that I do that I, as I find in them. So that, and I wish them all very love and happiness. Wow. So. It has just been my pleasure to yeah, host your show, you. and you have to promise me that you'll come back in the spring after your CD just gets all these raves and reviews, and we want some autographs, and we want to know more about what's happening in New York, and uh, I'd love to actually have you back as a co-host. When oh, we that would be great. Stuff. Oh, my God, in the spring, so that way we can kind of talk shop a little bit more and talk with some other female vocalist, and that way we can really start talking about, you know, women in music, because we've got this great series, you know, that's going on, and so with music in our hearts and jazz in our souls, we want to thank you, the friends, fans, and supporters, for making Coffee Talk Jazz Radio number one, and we're going to go ahead and take it out with Shirley Crabb's song, it is entitled Detour, from her project, Home. I love you for listening. 
I'll see you next time.
Still know where I'm going. 